our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Welcome to part two of our listener Q&A. Your questions were so great and we had so much to say that we decided to split this episode into two parts. So this is part two. Enjoy. Another topic that's come up a lot is lying. And Colleen asks for strategies for dealing with the sudden increase in lying in preteen boys. But this is not just a preteen boy thing. This is little boys and like blatant, right in your face, no, I didn't do that. And you clearly know he did kind of lying. What's, what are your thoughts on that? So a few years ago, I wrote an article about lying and I'll, I think it might still be online. I'll look that up and put it in the show notes, people. Awesome. But the biggest takeaway from that one, because it was talking about like the development of lying, little kids can't lie because they can't, they can't hold in their mind these two things. So in order to lie, you know what, what's true, but you also are creating this other reality. And so what these experts were telling me is that lying is actually a huge developmental leap because it shows that your child has this ability to kind of hold and manipulate these different ideas at the same time. Oh, yay. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, actually, the takeaway there was that like, if your kid starts lying younger than other kids, they're probably actually highly intelligent. Mm. So parents, take that for what it's worth. That doesn't help when you are just trying to get the truth from your kiddo, right? And when you're frustrated. And yes, this happens at all ages, but I have heard the same thing too. It, particularly in the, uh, the tween years and those early teen years, there does seem to be a bit of an uptick. Mm-hmm. And so I want to look first at the developmental aspect of that. What's happening in that time? Kids are trying to separate themselves from their parents. They are realizing that they are separate beings. They want to do their own thing. And yet at the same time, they don't want to get in trouble. So lying is kind of the way that you do that. You do what you want and then you tell your parents what you think that they want to hear, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. We've all done it. Uh, Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. we have, mom. Yes, I did. Mom, I really did. (laughs) So, and Riley, if you're listening, we know this to be true. <laughs> oh yeah, Riley. Your parents, oh, poor Riley. 
He's going to get it. Let's send him a link to this episode, right? Can't wait. And you know what the best part is? Riley is one of five boys in his family. Oh. Yeah. Maybe we should get Riley's mom on a podcast. Well, that would be fantastic. (laughs) All right. So sudden increase in lying in preteen boys. How do you deal with it? First of all, with compassion, both for your son and for yourself. I think a really good step is to do your best to minimize the amount of times that your son needs to lie to you. And what I mean by that is so often kids lie because let's say they did something they know they weren't supposed to, right? And you ask them if they did it and they're already feeling terrible about it and they're afraid you're going to blow up. And based on past experience, let's face it, that might be really, really likely. So as a parent, one of the things you can do is to start having some open conversations with your kid. And if you have overreacted in the past, say, hey, I've overreacted. You know what? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody screws up. I want you to be able to come to me when you have a problem and we'll figure out together how to make Mm -hmm. it better. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a first step. How Mm -hmm. about you? Well, I'm thinking about even younger boys and and girls, and that is, and it's a little bit what you said about being put on the spot. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be put on the spot, and boys especially are sensitive to being embarrassed or shamed or humiliated, especially in front of their friends. And oftentimes they will say something because they think that's what you want them to that's what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't know what to say right now, but I'm just going to say this because I think that's what she wants me to say. And so it's kind of that place where we, as in our quick, ever so quick mom, female brains, we're like, yeah, let's get, you know, we got to get the answer here. I want to, I want, I ask a question. I want an answer. And boys and men typically don't process that quickly And so they'll just fill in the gap with something that could be wildly outrageous. And it may happen just that instinctively. It wasn't necessarily a premeditated lie. Right. Totally not premeditated, just blah. It just comes out. Mm -hmm. So recognize that, like understand that may be what's going on, that he's just simply like trying to fill in the blank there. So Jen, do you think that there should be consequences when your child is caught out in a lie? You know, I followed some of this conversation and I I can't remember where I even saw it online anymore. If it was your Facebook group or my Facebook group or somewhere else. But another mom was sharing that one of the things that really was challenging and kind of triggered her own anger over this issue was when the kid would blatantly say, I don't know how that happened or I don't recall when... Like the evidence is right there. How can you tell me you don't recall or you don't know? Like it's right there. And it made me think about the fact that, especially with our older boys, but perhaps with our younger ones in age appropriate ways too, let's face it, they are seeing lots and lots of examples of grown ups, powerful grown ups, saying, I don't recall, I don't remember. It's kind of endemic in our culture right mm-hmm. now. So again, this is a good opportunity to talk to your kiddos about this is what we believe in our family. We value honesty. Um, Here is why, you know, some lawyers, for instance, may recommend that their clients use these kinds of words, but we believe in integrity. 
in accepting responsibility for your actions. And that's why this is so important to me. And that's why it bothers me when you deny any knowledge of something that this, this, and this shows me that you probably have a pretty good idea of what happened here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important point to acknowledge. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And along with that is what are you modeling in your own home? Yeah, that's a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Those you know, little can... white lies, is that really a thing? Or, oh, it's just a fib? Or your kids are picking up on this all the time. So where where do you draw the line in kind of whitewashing things or smoothing things over? Pay when attention. they get to be tweens and teens, you can bet they will challenge you on those things. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, because they're Mm -hmm. trying to find the line. They're trying to understand it. Mm -hmm. How to handle it. Consequences. Should there be consequences for those kinds of lies? What do you think? I think it's a case-by-case basis. I really do. I think if it's a maybe an unusual kind of of out-of-character event, then it's really some... You need to do some detective work around what was going on, what are his friends influencing him, and was he stressed about something? I think of this as like looking at what's underneath the lying behavior. Yeah. And what is he really trying to say and helping him kind of sort through that. So what's like the mask is the lie. What's behind the mask that he is not able to articulate or is afraid to, or, you know, peer pressure, so many other things going on in this instance. If it becomes a common thing that he's lying every day or something, um, then you better really take notice. But if it's an every now and then kind of thing, sometimes humor is enough to kind of pull him back from that brink. Of like, oh, and and age appropriately, not for younger kids, but sarcasm, tweens and teens can finally understand sarcasm and it isn't taken the wrong way. So here's a lie I caught one of my teens in um, Mm. a couple years ago. This is, uh, I won't name which one, but one of the boys asked if he could go sleep over at a friend's house. Sure. I know the friend. I know the family. Absolutely. You can sleep over at the friend's house. Okay, cool. Uh, The friend also has divorced parents. So the first question was, which parent's house are you going to be at? I'm going to be at dad's house. Okay, great. I know where that is. Again, comfortable with the situation. Cool. He was gone. I happened to be scrolling through Facebook later, and there Uh was a picture of the friend's dad and his wife in Door County, Wisconsin. And we don't live in Door County. And so I called my son and I said, Hey, is uh, your friend's dad home? Yeah, yeah, he's here. Oh. Because I just saw this picture and it looks like, so then the friend gets on the phone and the friend is explaining to me that, yeah, that was an old picture that was like last week, but you know, my dad is weird about things. He just doesn't want to put it up when he's gone because then people know he's gone. Like the boys were caught on the spot and they were making it up as they went along. just, ooh, it didn't sound quite right to me. And meanwhile, 
this is the advantage of knowing the other parents of kids that your your kids hanging out with. I had already texted the parents to say, "Hey, are you in Door County?" And I didn't hear back right away because they were in Door County. They were having a good and time. They were having fun. Later. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S. made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash on boys. Winona, menopause care made easy.
they were up there and these two children of divorced parents were playing two ends to the middle. The one kid told his mom, I'm staying at dad's house because we're going to do this golf thing tomorrow. And my kid said, and so there was all this lying that happened. <laughs> they just wanted to hang out at the dad's house while nobody was home. That for me was, there's got to be a consequence. Like, yeah. this is not okay. You are, you're not being honest with me about where you're going and you were clearly caught in a blatant mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. ultimately, uh, kid got called back home and he could not do the golf thing the next day with them. And there was, you know, the parents on all sides talked. And then I talked to my kid later, like, this is a big deal because now I can't trust you. Yeah. You know, you yeah. were old enough that when you told me you were going X, I had no reason to doubt you. I believed right. you. And now I know I can't trust that. So things got tight for a while and he had a lot more oversight. So mm-hmm. yeah, natural consequence. Absolutely. Yeah. And safety is involved. So right. you need to know where your kids are and who they're with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we probably have time for two more. What do you think? Let's go for it. Okay. Daniel has asked for young boys, what's the best way to allow kids to be adventuresome, risky physically while maintaining a clear, safe boundary and being a responsible parent? You go first on this one, Janet. Okay. Let me add it. Um, This is interesting coming from a man because this is usually the question that I get from moms and I'll often say, go check in with dad. If you're feeling like, oh, should I let him climb that tree? Is it too high? Is the slide too high? Check in with dad and dad will likely say, no, it's fine. Let me go for it. Um, So fascinating that it comes from a dad. I like that. I think it's important to let our kids be physically taking risks. And when they start young and it is within their boundaries, so in other words, he has to be able to climb the tree on his own without you giving him a boost. He is going to go at his developmentally appropriate limits. That is what you can pay attention to. But if you're there hovering helping him every step of the way, he's not going to learn to trust his body. And Mm. that's when he's going to get in trouble physically. So for instance, my, my dear friend who has my, my sweet little two and a half, almost three-year-old, he's a climber and he's, he climbed before he could walk (laughs) and mom let him because for her. Because, you know, and sure, he would occasionally take a tumble, but he knows the limits of his body and he's not going to go further than he can go. And he's climbing trees now. They have steps up in their big tall tree in the background, in the backyard. And um, he goes as far as he can go. And then he stops and he looks around, checks in on mom, and then he's ready to come down. That's as far as next year, he'll go farther. So let them take small risks as they're growing and recognize, of course, you're not going to let them walk out into a street, but keeping those boundaries, but stretching them. I'm going to guess whatever your boundaries are, you can let them stretch a little bit. I have to say I struggled with this question because I... I think it's impossible 
right? I mean, you can't really allow kids adventure and risk while maintaining a clear, safe boundary. First of all, that boundary is it's moving all the time. Mm-hmm. It depends on the kid and the kid's age and your values and where you live. That boundary is changing. I can't tell you, here's the boundary. The closest I can come is as parents, uh, we can absolutely insist on some must-dos. So for instance, if you are riding in a vehicle, you wear your seatbelt, period. Vehicle doesn't move until you have your seatbelt on. Mm -hmm. If you are going for your bike ride, you have your helmet on, period, or you're not riding your bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are skateboarding, you know, same thing. So right. as if you are um, going to be down by the river, you need to have your life jacket on. For me, those are the kinds of clear, safe boundaries that, uh, first of all, they help me relax as a parent, right? Like if mm-hmm. I know that my kid's brains aren't going to be splattered all over if he hits his head, I can relax a little bit more when he decides to launch his bike off the ramp he just built. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. A little bit uh, If my kid is fishing independently down by the river, he's got a life jacket on, I take a little bit of comfort in that. Yeah. So those are the kind of safety things where I think we can um, really enforce something while giving our kids room and frankly, the tools to explore and Mm -hmm. adventure. How about Chrissy's question? Oh, this is a great one. This could be a whole podcast all on its own. (laughs) And and maybe it will be. Maybe we will go further with this one, but- Chrissy is a mom of a little boy, and she asked, how do you talk about the needs of boys and the help they need without sounding dismissive of girls or anti-feminist? And then she uses the example that, you know, as a mom of a boy, she's not really sure about this decision for the Boy Scouts to become gender neutral and invite girls. And she says, I think boys benefit from boys only time, but how do I make this point without sounding sexist? or anti-progressive? I have thought about this question a lot since she sent it in. Well, this certainly hits the nail on the head for me because my dad was an executive with the Boy Scouts of America. I did not realize For his entire professional life. Okay. And to think that girls, I mean, he's going to be 92 this year and I'm kind of appalled that he's seeing the the evolution, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with it, of the Boy Scouts to be to allow girls in. And now the latest thing is, oh, now we're not going to call it the Boy Scouts of America. We're calling it the Scouts of America. This gets my hackles up because I think that we have taken away a lot of things from our boys and our boys need some sacred space just like our girls do. Mm -hmm. And Boy Scouts was one of those places where it was clear, this is for boys, this is how we do it. And and we're in this kind of politically correct time of, you know, gender neutral and everybody can do everything. And it is absolutely true. And yet boys need their own thing. And and they this, need spaces where they can make those poop jokes, for instance. Absolutely. And not have to be concerned about the squealing reaction of the girls. This reminds me of a, I was in a school, public school, fifth grade class, and I had given this whole professional development talk about gender and boys and girls and learning differently. And 
And so the teacher decided to rearrange her classroom and have the boys all together, like push all the boy desks together and push all the girls' desks together. And I came back a couple of weeks later and I, you know, very quietly went over to the boys. It's like, hey, how do you like this being, you know, all, oh, it's great. It's great. We love it. And um, we can talk about the same things. And then I went over to the girls and I said, you know, how do you, how do you like this? Oh, we love it. We don't have to worry about what the boys are going to say when we ask a question. So it is so important that we do separate the genders. And then I know the gender fluidity question is going to come up, but in general, broad generalization, we absolutely have to have a sacred place for boys to be boys and a place for girls to be girls. And yes, there's places where absolutely they can do stuff together, but on the sports field, in clubs, whatever, give them an opportunity to be boys only, girls only. And I don't think that we are doing a disservice to one or the other if we amplify and focus on one or the other. So here's where I think that moms of boys and female teachers of boys can be such powerful voices, right? Because, you know, Chrissy's question is, how do you talk about the needs of boys without sounding, you know, dismissive of girls' concerns or anti-feminist? As a woman, I am well aware of the history and continuing sexism in this country. So are you. So is Mm -hmm. every single woman alive in this country, right? Mm -hmm. So I am definitely sympathetic. It's not that I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I do. I know exactly what it's like. But as a mom of boys, I'm very cognizant of their issues too. And so I think there can be a lot of power when women who are familiar with the challenges that women and girls still face and who know that there's still progress to be made on those fronts, talks about those things and also says, but hey, our guys need some things too. If men say the same thing, their message, even if it's exactly the same, is more likely to be interpreted as misogyny mm-hmm. than if it comes from a woman. Yeah. And yeah. so I think our voices are so important and it's not easy and you will get some pushback, but we have to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, that reminds me of, I was at a talk and I gave the talk in the morning about boys and then in the afternoon was a college professor also talking about boys and the challenges and he had all the data points and all of that. And, and afterwards we were kind of debriefing the day and we both kind of looked at each other like, wow, you can say some things that I can't say. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, yeah, and you can say th- some things that I, as a man and an academic, can't say. And so we need all, all voices in this conversation. And advocacy is just so important. And yes, for our girls, but I'm going to say, you know, a little bit more for our boys yeah. right now. Yeah. Our boys need us to speak up. We had some great questions today from our listeners. 
Listeners, I hope that we answered your questions. If you feel like we did too much talking around and didn't get to the meat of it, leave us a comment and we will do our best to um, circle back with some resources and more information for you. And I think that we should do this as a regular thing, Janet. I think so too. This was fun. All right. So if you have some questions that came to mind while listening, pop on over to the website on boys-podcast.com. Leave us a comment and we'll start our list of questions for next time. Great. Awesome. Great to talk to you as always, Jen. (laughs) You too. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.